You are listening to KNNALP 95.7 FM, Lincoln, Nebraska. There seems to be a perception among Christians that Lutherans are somehow against holy living or against good works. And yet in the Catechism we confess that we ask God's name to be holy among us and that this takes place when the Word of God is taught in its truth and purity and we as children of God lead holy lives according to God's Word. God says, be holy, be perfect, as I the Lord your God am holy and perfect. But does he really mean it? Stay tuned for Equipping the Saints with Pastors Clint Poppy and Adam Moline. Welcome once again to Equipping the Saints. Pastor Clint Poppy, Pastor Adam Moline, Vicar Noah Kirstein. We serve the saints at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. With Equipping the Saints, we like to look at topics that don't always come up in the Sunday morning Bible study or in uh, the regular preaching of uh, the church. The uh, topic of sanctification, holy living, these uh, these kind of topics. And for the last several episodes, we've been delving into the topic of dying well. What, uh, what does a good death look like? And uh, I guess to summarize what a good death looks like or what dying well is, and that is to die in Christ, to die with faith in the one who lived and died and rose again and promises that all who cling to him will live forever. We've looked at uh, a number of uh, very, very crucial Bible passages to lay the foundation. We, uh, in our last episode, we talked about, episode 40 was the last episode, we talked about pastoral visitation and when it's appropriate to call the pastor, uh, what a pastoral visit looks like, and uh, at various stages of someone being sick or ill or dying. And today, in episode 21, we want to talk more specifically, we've danced around this topic quite a bit, but we want to talk more specifically about planning the service um, before you die. Planning the service, uh, giving input to the pastor, uh, rather than leaving all of these details to your family members who may or may not be Christians, who may or may not be Lutheran, who may or may not know what's uh, good, right, and salutary with regard to a worship service in God's house. Uh, before I uh, have Vicar read the uh, Bible passage that we want to have to kind of set the stage here, Pastor, <coughs> some, um, some opening or introductory thoughts on this topic. I just want to emphasize how very important this is in our modern day and age where there are so many conflicting views about what a funeral is. You have the, you know, the people who say it's a celebration of life, people who say we shouldn't be sad, we should be happy, we should, others who say we should mourn, uh, all these uh, modern views. Even now I saw in the news yesterday, you know, where in six states across our country you can be composted and then have trees planted in you and things like this. 
All of these things indicate how very important it is for you to plan your funeral now, to um, uh, not only plan the things that you want, but also the things that you do not want, um, uh, to the best of your knowledge, so that in the end you can confess Christ, who is actually the one who's saving you um, and uh, who will get you out the other side of your funeral. <laughs> um, so think about all those things, write them down, share that with your family, give a copy to your church, but plan, plan, plan now. It's never too soon to uh, to start planning. Uh, well said, Pastor, and just your comments made me think of several uh, specific topics that we need to talk about. Before we uh, sat down for this episode, uh, Vicar said, uh, well, what's, what scripture lessons will be, we be looking at? And uh, I looked at Pastor Moline, and he looked at me, and I, I thought, I, I don't know of any specific Bible passages that talk about planning the worship service or planning a funeral. And then 1 Corinthians 14.40 came to mind, and I think uh, this, this Bible passage applies in a variety of ways. Vicar, do you want to share that verse? But all things should be done decently and in order. This is the word of the Lord. Uh, thanks be to God. Uh, short and sweet. All things should be done decently and in order. Pastor, what does this have to, and the context of 1 Corinthians 14 is the worship service. So don't want anybody to think that we're, we're pulling something out of context. Uh, what does this say, or what does this have to do with the topic at hand today? Well, I think uh, it has a lot to do. I mean, obviously, decently and in good order makes a little bit of sense, but I think the context of it being a worship service uh, is what's really important with this. A funeral is a worship service, and it takes place in the church. Maybe that's the first thing we should talk about, right? Uh, as a member in good standing of a Christian church, one of the benefits that you have is that your uh, funeral is able is able to take place in the church in the sanctuary as a confession of your faith and uh, so with a worship service taking place in the church um, it needs to be done decently and in good order and that means aligned with God and his word more than it means uh, aligned with the modern trends or popular things of the world today when uh, when you say decently and in order I think I think those uh, that phrase, needs to really guide and shape and be the foundation for a lot of things we're talking about. You, you said it's one of the blessings or benefits of being a member of a congregation to have a, fr a funeral, a Christian funeral, a Lutheran Christian funeral in the church. Pastor, sometimes people are hesitant to want a church funeral because they don't have many family, they don't have many friends. Uh, you know, our sanctuary holds 400 people. Um, 20 people coming to a funeral, we're gonna, the family's going to be so embarrassed. Uh, talk a little bit about the importance for a Christian having a service in the church. Well, yeah, I've seen those fears too, where you know it'll, the church will look empty because there won't be that many people there, or 
um, all sorts of other interesting things even in the last few years you know with uh, uh, a sanctuary is one of the deadliest places you can be during a pandemic you know all these sorts of things and that's all those things maybe they're worth considering but they're secondary to the real reason that we want to be in the church sanctuary uh, the, this member had been sitting in the sanctuary for years and years and years hearing God's word confessing uh, their faith in God receiving the blessings of God uh, in this room and we know that the answer to death is that Christ has died and rose again the first fruits of all of them that sleep and thereby the reason this loved one who's died uh, gets to live forever and be raised from the dead is because they were here in the church sanctuary and so what better place to confess our faith in what God is going to do through Jesus for this individual than the place where they received that faith. And um, uh, so that's the reason that we should be in the church for the funeral. It, uh, it sends a message. It is a powerful witness. And uh, if you get married in the park or uh, at the Cornhusker Motel or between the pillars at Pioneers Park, you are sending a message that uh, having your wedding in the church isn't that big a deal. And whether you want to send that message or not, uh, that's irrelevant. That message is what you're sending. It's the same thing with funerals. If uh, you skip or omit a church service, um, you are sending a message that it's just not that big a deal. Now, I realize that there are some regional cultural differences figure you may find this out uh, there are some parts of the of the country where it's kind of a cultural thing where nobody has a church uh, funeral in the church all the funerals are at the mortuary and the mortuaries have these big worship facilities to accommodate that I know that there are some cultural things like that that you want to be aware of but normally the best place for a Christian to have his or her funeral is in the church that you belong to, in the sanctuary of the church. Now, Pastor, um, what about someone who keeps their membership in the church but never attends the church because they want to have their funeral in that church? Or someone who moves away and has zero intention of ever coming back but they want to keep their membership in their home congregation because they want to have their funeral in that home congregation or be buried in the church cemetery. Comments on that? Well, yeah, I think there's differences again, for all of them. We want things to be done decently and in order. What is decent and in order? Right. Well, let's start maybe with the easier one, right? The church cemetery, okay? So uh, I can understand perhaps your family members are all buried there and you've got your spot reserved before you move away. Uh, and, and I think in most cemeteries and the rules therein, uh, you're probably fine to be buried there. It depends on the congregation and the bylaws for the cemetery. Those are questions to ask ahead of time. Those are questions to ask ahead of time and to examine the bylaws and to, uh, to act accordingly. Now, as for the other part, um, what you're doing, in a sense, is if, you, if you've been a member at a church and you move away and you say, well, this is my home church, I'm going to go back there to be buried, you're, in a sense, separating yourself from that church for a time and then asking to come back and be buried there. And I think it's better for you to find a congregation where you live so that you can continue to be part of the body of Christ, the wider body of Christ, to hear the word, receive the gifts. And um, 
Is it possible that you could go back and have your funeral at the other church? Absolutely. Is it possible that uh, that would work okay? Absolutely. But then you also are a member of the other church, and it's maybe a good thing for you to have your funeral there where your friends and and, uh, uh, fellow Christians in the faith are. I think you need to be able to uh, act that way. You Maybe this is what I should say. It's very difficult to be a member of a congregation in long distance. Uh, The pastor who's 500 miles away will not be able to visit you in the hospital. Correct. The pastor who is 500 miles away will not be able to bring you the Lord's Supper if you become homebound. The pastor who is 500 miles away will not be able to visit you daily or multiple times a day as the lights of heaven get brighter and brighter. You're you're denying yourself uh, high pastoral care, and that is never, ever, ever a good idea. If you have these kind of ideas with regard to, well, you know, I'd really like to have my funeral in my home congregation that's 200, 500, 1200 miles away, talk to your pastor. Your pastor can visit with the current pastor in that church who may or may not even know you and talk about your unique situation. These are the kind of things that we talk about and we deal with all the time. I've yeah. had several times where we've had a funeral here at Good Shepherd, and then we have gone many, many, many miles away, hundreds of miles away for a committal service and a burial. And whether the pastor there does it or your current pastor does it, these are the kind of the details that can easily be worked out ahead of time. And behind it all, though, is a place for you to hear God's word. Amen. That's what's the important part, ultimately. Um, we, we've done, we've had people who've had to move to Lincoln because of uh, hospital care or nursing care. Or their cancer doctor. And they are ended up, they do end up having their funeral and their burial at their home congregation. But it's important to find a church where you're going and to have a pastor caring for you as you prepare to die well. And many times we have been the pastors who've conducted that service at the invitation of their home pastor because we're the ones that knew them and we're the ones that ministered to them during their final days. Oh, we're just getting started, folks. Equipping the saints, planning your worship service for your funeral. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. You are listening to KNNALP 95.7 FM, Lincoln, Nebraska. Welcome back to Equipping the Saints, Pastor Poppy, Pastor Moline, Vicar Kirstein. We serve the saints at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thanks for tuning in. This is episode 41 of Equipping the Saints. We're looking at uh, dying well as kind of our overarching theme. And one of the things that, uh, that people are really, really burdened by, stressed out by, is uh, their, their funeral service. They um, want to do as much as they can. Some some people are almost paralyzed with regard to this topic. They don't want to talk about funerals. They don't want to talk about service planning because um, they think it's too morbid or they don't want to be reminded of their own mortality. But as we've talked, this is a very, very important thing. 
Now, Pastor, there there's really two different directions that you can go with regard to service planning with the funeral. And one is the church planning and visiting with your pastor. The other is the funeral planning where you're visiting with the funeral home or the mortician. And, you know, we've both been doing this for a long time. We have some, um, some uh, strong opinions in, uh, uh, with regard to the, uh, when you visit with the funeral home and uh, things to look out for and all this kind of stuff. Uh, so that's coming. But uh, I want to go right now, I want to go to an individual is thinking about their funeral. They want to sit down with the pastor, and they, they want to visit about their final arrangements. Uh, is it appropriate for a member of the congregation, pastor, to offer suggestions or demands, for that, re for that matter, with regard to the, the details of the funeral service? Yes, and uh, but we have that caveat, right, that everything is done decently in good order, and it's a worship service. Um, and so the planner of the worship service ultimately is the pastor. The pastor is called and installed uh, for the very purpose of making sure the worship service is done decently, according to God's word, and in good uh, order. The pastor has the final say. The pastor has the final say. Now, uh, with that said, I think what is good, um, and there, there's a halfway decent book from CPH on this called Final Victory. At the end, it has a funeral planning guide. What, what is good is for the person to write down and say, I like this hymn, and here's why. I like this hymn, and here's why. I like this particular scripture passage, and here's why. Here's my confirmation verse, and this is why, what it means to me. And by doing that and having hymns and scripture lessons written down, and the reason that they are important to your confession of faith is that gives the pastor some framework uh, with his planning work that he's going to do for your funeral. I think I think that's well the, said, and you can... Uh, you can get these things uh, if you if you wait till the last minute. If you wait until you're on your deathbed or whatever, you you might not be thinking as clearly. And so uh, there there is no bad time to start this discussion. And you can you can have scripture readings and hymns that you've talked about or thought about or written down about, and then later on change your mind and say, you know, that was my favorite hymn 10 years ago, but since then, uh, my favorite hymn is such and such. There, there is no uh, right or wrong with regard to that, and you can update this or change this multiple times. And perhaps that's a good habit for the Christian to get into, and maybe a way to remember to do it is every All Saints Day, you take a look at uh, the things that you have written down for your own funeral and evaluate them and decide if there's things you want to add or things you want to subtract. But um, remember, these are requests that you're making to the pastor, and the pastor
pastor has the uh, duty to make sure that the service is done according to God's word. And that means if you request, um, you know, as Pastor Poppy uh, would like to have at his funeral, that uh, his body be taken down to the front to the Nebraska fight song, the pastor probably won't honor that request because it's not according to God's word and it's not uh, for the good order of the church service. Uh, and I, he's smiling at me now, right? But yeah, I, I was thinking more, uh, let's go out in a blaze of glory, you know, and then have uh, shotguns fired and uh, yeah. a know, shotgun clay, funeral, huh? Clay, clay pigeons uh, thrown. Uh, yeah, you would, you would be surprised, folks, and, and we're joking, of course, but you would be surprised at uh, some of the requests that uh, we have received over the years with regard to, I mean, weddings are a whole nother topic, but uh, especially with funerals and uh, songs that are, are just simply not appropriate for a worship service, not appropriate to be played in the, uh, in the sanctuary, and um, other unique um, anecdotal kind of things with regard to what people think is really, really important. Pastor, in God's house, at a funeral service, what's the most important thing? Uh, in God's house, in a funeral service, the proclamation of the resurrection of the dead, one through Jesus Christ, is the most important thing, and everything else is there to support uh, or um, flow out of that particular thing. Let me, let me ask you another question. What's the most important thing on a Sunday morning divine service? The exact same thing. And that's, it's, that's the thing. It's a worship service. They all go together. And, and so that's why, you know, uh, Pastor Poppy wants Nebraska fight song. Vicar Kirstein wants everybody to have a beer stein and salute Vicar Kirstein with a, uh, you know, a good German stout uh, at his funeral. And that's probably not appropriate for a worship service either because it has nothing to do with the resurrection of the dead and the life everlasting. Um, and it's one of those Irish things that he has with his red hair. I don't know. <laughs> the uh, uh, pastor, a couple of different things I want to talk about. First of all, you made the, you made the comment about uh, these are requests, when people make a, uh, a list of things like that, these are requests. Um, when, uh, when I call up the radio station and make a request, they may or may not have that song available. They may or may not play my request. Is that, is that kind of the topic? Uh, is that kind of where you were going with that? It is, and um, it, it is a request, and we do want to reflect our unique theology um, because we believe it's right. <laughs> and so, you know, um, maybe grandpa really liked to listen to, um, you know, the oldies on the radio that uh, uh, always were playing, you know, that one hymn that he really liked. But it might not actually teach what we believe, teach, and confess as Lutherans. And so the sentimentality isn't the reason for us picking a particular hymn. It is the theological teaching and the confession of Christ crucified and risen that's important. And so we have, uh, you know, at church here, funeral planning guides that you can grab. And in there, we kind of have some discussion about uh, how hymns should be picked. We have a short list, um, but pretty much if it's in the hymnal, with some exceptions, it's probably 
probably okay to have at the funeral, uh, but we want it to reflect our confession of faith. Uh, they want the hymn to teach of God's service to us, even in the midst of death, how he cares for Christians, uh, even bringing them through death and into life. Um, it should confess the gospel of Jesus Christ. It should have a uh, musical setting, and I mean by that the tune and the notes and things like that, that will serve as a worthy offering to God. There's why we can't have the Nebraska fight song. Um, and we want that unique theology of, uh, of Jesus to be proclaimed. And so the sentimentality isn't the most important part. It can be sentimental, and it can bring tears to our eyes, but we don't pick it just for that purpose. Yes, and, and there are things that are much, much more appropriate for the funeral luncheon uh, and or background music to a video tribute than in the actual worship service. Pastor, uh, when you were pastor in North Dakota, uh, who picked the hymns, and how did you how did you plan a worship? Uh, who planned the worship service? Well, I'm going to tell you something that happened in North Dakota first off that doesn't happen in Lincoln, Nebraska. That was very very beneficial, and that's that uh, when somebody died the pastor and the family and the funeral director all got together for a meeting together. And uh, we talked uh, while I was there to plan the church part of the service together. And then uh, I left while they would do the non-church related things like buying the casket and buying the vault and uh, things like that. And that was very helpful because it had an opportunity for us all to find the time and the date and to work on that together. And then the family and I would sit down and we would, with hymnals, and we would say, okay, here's the things that we want. Oftentimes the family had prepared that and the family would give their input, and we usually could be on the same page. Uh, but ultimately, again, the pastor has the final authority for the things that take place in a worship service. And I know that that's offensive to our uh, modern individualistic uh, my way or no way uh, way of thinking, but that that's the truth. Um, and uh, you 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 jumped one spot ahead of where I was going, and uh, you set the stage very very well for our next segment. The, uh, the question I was really asking was, like, for the Sunday morning service, when you were the pastor in North Dakota. I who, did. Who, who picked the hymns? I did. You did. And uh, the readings were according to the readings that were in the propers for that particular day. Yep. Okay. On rare, rare, rare occasions, you might have somebody say, hey, my, my uh, Uncle Billy is going to be in church on this Sunday, and his favorite hymn is such and such. Any chance you might be able to get that in the service, and you did your best to accommodate that. Just like I do when I know your dad is going to be in uh, church here at Good Shepherd. I know his favorite hymn is Onward Christian Soldiers. We do our best to try to get that in. You know, uh, but under normal circumstances for the worship service, the pastor does all this. This is what he does. This is, this is his job. What you pay him the big bucks for. Yeah. And I don't know how we got into this mode where when it comes to a wedding or a funeral, uh, you put the pastor on the back burner and the people think that they get carte blanche with regard to planning the service. Uh, we, there is much freedom in this area. We have a hymnal with uh, hundreds and hundreds of hymns, many of which are appropriate for a funeral or a wedding for that matter. And uh, 
the the pastor is there to to help and to guide and has a pretty good knowledge of scripture and the hymnal and it's okay to say pastor you pick the readings you pick the hymns if you don't want to do that you don't have to do that the the pastors do this on a regular basis comments on that yeah i think that's a great way to do it and that's where if you go through the hymns and the hymnal and say i like this one and here's why and you had a list of 15 or 20 of them and that you know these are the ones that i really like because they confess what i believe that gives the pastor a great help in picking it and allowing your family to hear what you believe teach and confess but it's not demanding my way or the highway which is where a lot of these conflicts really come from and it gives lots of freedom with regard to the season of the church year that you die because uh you know uh, certain hymns are not appropriate during certain seasons of the year and some are more appropriate we need to take a break this is equipping the saints episode 41 planning your funeral service We'll be right back. You are listening to KNNALP 95.7 FM, Lincoln, Nebraska. Welcome back to Equipping the Saints. Pastor Poppy, Pastor Moline, Vicar Kirstein. We serve the Saints at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Come join us for worship anytime. 8 and 10.30 on Sunday mornings, 6.30 Wednesday evenings year-round. And uh, if you have questions with regard to any of the things that we're talking about, talk to us, talk to your pastor if you're uh, listening from uh, far away. And uh, pastors love to have these kind of discussions with regard to service planning and more specifically, funeral service planning. Now, before we shift gears here, uh, things for you to be thinking about and uh, things uh, that would be in a funeral packet here at Good Shepherd or uh, from your pastor. Most pastors have something like this put together. The structure of the service is uh, very much like a Sunday morning service. We generally have three hymns, one at the beginning, one right before the sermon, and one at the end of the service. If you want to have one or two more, there are places where we can add. Uh, and, uh, you know, we've had, uh, I think we've had as many as seven hymns in a uh, funeral here at Good Shepherd. That might be stretching it just a little bit. But um, uh, three normally, four, or on rare occasions, five is not unusual. For the Bible readings, we have a psalm or an introit. We have an Old Testament reading, an epistle reading, and a gospel reading. Generally, we try to do that around some sort of a theme, uh, and there are many, many suggestions in the funeral packet that you can uh, look at, look up the Bible passages ahead of time. It is uh, nice to have a confirmation verse if you know it, and uh, many times the pastor will preach on that confirmation verse. And so the, the hymns 
and the Bible readings, these are variables. If if you don't want to mess with it, if you don't want to worry about it, uh, your pastor will uh, be more than happy to do this planning like he does for every other service. And uh, is also happy to take your suggestions and recommendations. And uh, you can trust that he will uh, do things decently and in order. Now, Pastor, uh, toward the end of our last episode, you you mentioned um, how you did things in North Dakota, or at least in your part of North Dakota, where uh, at the passing of an individual, you would meet with the family members at the mortuary, and uh, everything kind of got taken care of at the same at the same time. Uh, I want to come back to that. And because you're, what you're talking about there is after, you, after you're dead, after somebody's already died. I want to talk about things that you would want to think about and plan and talk to uh, the mortician about or your funeral home about before you die. Just like now with funeral planning, we're t- we were talking about the service. Now I want to talk about what are some common things that people need to be thinking about with regard to uh, kind of a pre-planning of a service with the funeral home and with the mortician. You mentioned a couple of things, a casket and a vault. Earlier in our program, we talked about where you're going to be buried, so you need a funeral plot as well. Pastor, what uh, what can you tell us about those three things? A plot and a casket and a vault. Well, um, those things are important in terms of state law and things like that, um, as well as there are some things a Christian should think about. Um, but in the grand scheme of things, they're not the most important part. Perhaps out of those three, the most important thing is the plot, right? Uh, if you're congregation has a cemetery, you need to uh, make sure you get that all squared away with the congregation and that you have your plot squared away and the place where you're going to be buried with. And maybe that's the best way to do it because then you're buried with your congregation members. You are the body of Christ. In Lincoln, um, in a Good Shepherd here, that's not possible. We don't have a cemetery. So you want to think about the place where you're going to be buried. And uh, you can buy that plot uh, ahead of time and, um, and have that squared away and set and prepared for you when the time comes. Um, as far as casket, um, you know, there's nothing... I'm just going to be blunt here, right? The funeral home benefits from selling you a more expensive one. <laughs> There's nothing that says you need that, right? Uh, just just uh, like if you go buy a car, yep. if you buy a Mercedes or a BMW as opposed to a, uh, I used to say Yugo, I don't think they sell those anymore, but a Subaru or uh, a less expensive model, you, you know, uh, Things are more expensive. Things are, I mean, when you go to buy a car, if money is no object, you don't worry about those things. You you can buy your fancy one. If money is an object, well, then maybe you're a little more on the conservative side. Yep. And and keep keep that kind of thought in mind because a lot of times people are filled with guilt. They're filled with guilt when it comes to death. You know, oh, you know, I should have patched things up with dad years ago. Well, so I'll spend lots of money now that he's dead. Or you're feeling guilty that you didn't visit or, you know, some other kind of thing. And I don't want to say that uh, funeral homes 
play on that guilt. You know, some might, but it is definitely a factor that um, will will make you be much more free with your money than you would be otherwise. Right, and and the things that we're talking about are. Um, they, there will be the option to spend a lot of extra money to get drawers in the casket where um, personal items could be put, you know, jewelry could be put or uh, letters could be placed and that way they'll be buried with, uh, with the person or, um, you know, to have fancy picture engraved on the top of the casket uh, or um, a giant sign that has the name of the individual written on it. Uh, and just remember what the casket is, is it's a way to carry the body without the body flapping around. I mean, to be, I know that sounds crass. <laughs> that's what it is. It's to move the body from place to place in an easy way. And that's, so it needs to be a box with handles. And beyond that, you are completely and totally free. There's no, there's nothing that's required beyond that. Is that fair to say? Am I being too blunt? No, I don't think I don't think you're being too blunt. So the plot is the place you're going to be buried. You can buy that ahead of time. Uh, you will be shocked to know how expensive funeral plots are. Uh, there are some places where husband and wife can be buried on top of each other. And uh, instead of six foot down, uh, they're able to go nine, and then the, ne- the whoever for whoever dies first, and then six for the next one, so that you can have two people buried in one plot. Um, there, there are a lot of different things, and uh, do your homework, make a few phone calls. Sometimes people uh, have moved away, and there are funeral plots that are available. Uh, through individual sales, so you can check on Craigslist and eBay. Uh, as crazy as that sounds, but it's there. Uh, with regard to the uh, uh, vault, yeah, that is that, that is pretty much state law. And and the reason and the purpose of a vault again uh, is to as the casket rots and the body decomposes, the vault holds up the ground so that you don't end up with a place that's sinking um, in the ground, and, and that's really the purpose of the vault. And so again. Uh, Knowing what it's there for helps you understand what you're looking for. You don't need to buy a fancy one with big fancy seals or, again, to get the top engraved with a portrait of, you know, grandpa or anything like that. You can, but it's not required. And and if you know what the purpose of these things is, that helps you uh, decide appropriately when you go there. And and with regard to the casket, you know, people have different tastes and and you're free. You're free in the gospel. Uh, and I'll, I'll just be so bold as to tell you that uh, I have instructed my family to uh, purchase the most inexpensive casket possible. Uh, if it's possible, uh, a pine box with uh, felt on the outside. Uh, and uh, my grandma was buried in uh, uh, basically a plywood box covered with felt because that's all we could afford. But uh, that's, that's all I want. Um, I do not plan to be embalmed. We'll talk about that in our next episode, uh, because uh, you know I want the I want the decomp- uh, decomposing to uh, happen as quickly as possible, and uh, it's not something that I'm concerned about in any way, shape, or form. So, um, at the church, whether you have a really, really fancy casket or a really, really inexpensive plain casket uh 
there is a covering that goes over the casket during the funeral service, Pastor, that uh, really hides all of those uh, monetary decisions and uh, human accomplishments. What am I talking about? Yeah, uh, in the funeral service, we put a pall over the casket in any sense um, that symbolizes that the person inside has been baptized and thereby clothed in the robe of Christ's righteousness that covers all of his sin, and uh, in their death is now, as we see pictured in Revelation 7, standing before Christ in uh, in the, um, the, the joy of heaven, uh, clothed in that very white robe. So Revelation 7 pictures this, and that's where the person is. And you're already pictured there as well, but um, the Paul over the casket is a confession of that to those who come to the funeral service. It's like a big blanket that covers over the casket, and uh, it uh, it's beautiful. We have one here. It was donated to the congregation. It is white and a symbol of baptism. There are some congregations that have different colored Pauls that match the pyramids, so you have a different colored Paul for every season in the church year. That's uh, kind of a, a wonderful thing. Also a memorial idea for somebody who might uh, be interested in that. But we are covered over in Christ. And, you know, Pastor, early on when we were talking about this, there there's a big difference between a funeral service and a quote-unquote celebration of life. When people think about a celebration of life, the focus is generally on the deceased. And we're going to have eulogies, and we're going to talk about what a great person he or she was. And then after the service, we're going to feel worse because that great person is no longer here. The celebration of life that is a truly Lutheran funeral is the celebration of the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And so if people want to use that celebration of life talk or title, uh, I will gently guide and correct them that this is a celebration of Jesus' life. That's why we don't mourn as others do who have no hope. You see the time that we have comments on my um, brash and bold statement there. No, that's that's the truth. And, uh, you know, as Christians... Uh, the hope that we have for that individual that we're having the service for is not found in uh, how successful or good they were during their life, but rather that Christ has died for them. Amen. Amen. And um, we, we, uh, we have lots yet to talk about in uh, this regard. We are talking about service planning specific to a funeral, equipping the saints. Don't change that dial. We'll be right back. to K-N-N-A-L-P, 95.7 FM, Lincoln, Nebraska. Welcome back to Equipping the Saints, Pastor Poppy, Pastor Moline, Vicar Kirstein. We serve the Saints at Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. All of our worship services are broadcast live on KNNALP 95.7 right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. You can uh, check us out or download the app and listen any place in the world. And uh, we'd love to have your feedback. 
This is episode 41. We're talking about dying well and specifically planning a funeral service. Pastor, we've talked quite a bit about um, some of the details leading up to with regard to visitation. That was previous episode. And uh, things that you can do ahead of time pre-planning with regard to a funeral. Uh, There are several other little things that are kind of loosely associated with that that I want to pick up on in this final segment. And also, I want to talk about what do you do uh, for folks that haven't planned as well as they could have or should have. What, uh, What landmines are out there and how we can, whether you've done a lot of pre-planning or not, how we can catechize and inform our family members as to our wishes and our desires. Because we all know that once we're gone, uh, the unless unless we have something in binding writing, uh, our family members are going to do whatever the heck they want to do. So uh, those are some of the things that I want to I want to make sure that we we talk about and clarify in this last segment. We've mentioned uh, a couple of times the term eulogy with regard to a funeral service. And we've done it in passing. um, And uh, if we've mentioned the term, we've probably done so in a negative way. Pastor, what is a eulogy and why is a eulogy not appropriate for a Lutheran funeral service? Well, uh, a eulogy is uh, a fancy speech about the individual. In fact, that's what the phrase eulogy means. It's from two Greek words, you, uh, which means good, uh, same word uh, that's used in like evangelist or evangel, uh, evangelical yeah. gospel. You or oi. Uh, yeah. Right? And so uh, you means good and Logos, which means word, and so it's a good word about the person who's dead, and it's a speech that um, uh, somebody plans on giving that explains what a good person the dead person is, and as a result, it's implied, though not always said, because they were a good person, they'll obviously be in heaven. And again, this goes back to our celebration of life discussion a few minutes ago, Um the purpose of a funeral is not to talk about what a good person the dead individual is, but rather how Christ was a good person who died and rose from the dead for them, and that their hope is in Christ, not in the individual's goodness. And so for that reason, a eulogy itself is not uh, a good thing. It's not common practice in the Lutheran Church, and... um, If it's done in the Lutheran Church, it's usually done under protest after much hand-wringing and uh, and, uh, difficult conversation. And uh, I think that's a fine way to say it. Uh, It it is a fine way to say it. It's probably becoming more and more common in Lutheran churches. Uh, And I'll be blunt and say because more and more pastors have no spine or backbone. And because they want to be people-pleasers, rather than uh, do things decently and in order, according to God's word, they cave in and they buckle in this particular area. The, uh, the eulogy, as you beautifully describes, takes the focus off of Christ, takes the focus off of God's word, and puts the focus onto the individual. There are times in a eulogy when things are said that are contrary 
to God's Word. Uh, I have been present at eulogies where the uh, second commandment and uh, cursing and swearing took place multiple times, and uh, the pastor slash priest sat there with his head in his hands in shame. Or, or I've been at them where they've been a sales pitch, right? Um, you know, mom was such a good person that taught me how to do this thing really well. And for nineteen ninety nine, I'll do it for you as well. You know, I'll paint your house or uh, bake your cookies or uh, manage your finances, whatever it is. It becomes a sales pitch rather than even talking about the good of that person, which is even worse, right? Yeah, it's even more <laughs> shameful. It's even more shameful. So uh, we do not do eulogies here at Good Shepherd. And um, there are times when things can be said with the family gathering before the church service, uh, during the funeral luncheon. Those, those are much, much more appropriate times. And uh, while, while the uh, pastor has the final say with regard to the content of the worship service, and again, sometimes, unfortunately, sometimes this is a battle, um, the uh, God's word is the word that we want resounding in the church service. Um, you know, we could go off with regard to screens in the church. We do not have screens in our sanctuary. Uh, some some churches do. And, uh, you know, during the service, before the service, there's a video tribute being played. Um, it's kind of a video eulogy. And uh, sometimes those things can also take away from and distract from God's word and its truth and purity and the clear proclamation of Christ's victory over sin, death, and the grave, which we certainly want to be paramount, uh, heart, core, soul, and center of a funeral. I've had so many non-Lutherans after a funeral here at Good Shepherd say, I've never been to a funeral like this before. This is the most awesome thing I've ever seen. Can, can, can you do my funeral in the Baptist church or in the, you know, uh, people are just blown away. And so I would just encourage people to trust your pastor. And if there's one thing that Lutherans do well, it's a funeral service because it's all about Jesus. And you got a lot of people at a funeral that maybe have never or never will ever again step foot inside of God's house. It's a tremendous opportunity to proclaim the truth. Uh, Pastor, somebody has died, and the you are now gathering with the family, whether it's at the funeral home or in your office or whatever, and the people are saying, you know, I know Dad wanted this, I know Mom wanted that, but uh, here's what we want. How do you as a pastor deal with that kind of an attitude or that kind of a situation? You know, it depends on the family and how well I know them and what their way they're saying everything is. Uh, I think uh, it's never bad to gently remind them that, uh, you know, if those are the things that you want, you know, you can have them at your funeral someday. Um, we want to talk about this individual's confession of faith uh, today, not necessarily yours. It, and it depends on what the thing is, right? You know, if it's that mom wanted uh, prime rib, but, uh, you know, we're going to go with sirloin steaks instead at the funeral lunch. Okay, well, that's fine. You know, that's not the same thing. Um, there is that fact, again, that uh, over the service, the pastor uh, does have the final say and uh, is trying to 
preach about and teach the confession of faith that this member of the congregation uh, shared with them. And so that's the main focus, and it depends on what the thing is and how the family responds and what they're it, it gets to be kind of complicated in that way. But the pastor's job is to keep on bringing it back to Christ. Maybe that's the easiest way to answer it. Sometimes and, bluntly, sometimes gently. And that highlights the fact that whatever your thoughts are with regard to you know end-of-life kind of decisions, uh, your funeral planning, uh, where you want to be buried, casket, all this kind of stuff, uh, hymns, Bible readings— you need to communicate these to the person or persons who likely will be sitting down with the pastor and making these decisions and making these plans. Write it down, communicate. You need to write it down. You need to give it to your pastor. You need to give it to the the office at the church if there's a church secretary. You need to share it with your family members. And uh, if, if you don't have quite enough courage to share it with your family members, make sure you share it with the pastor. And uh, we got broad shoulders. Uh, you know, we'll, we'll do it for you. Uh, if, uh, we prefer not to, but we will if you have some special kind of circumstances in your family that would uh, dictate that and preclude that. Um, pastor, I've had some situations where I'm dealing with a husband and a wife, and the husband and wife have very, very different ideas about the funeral. Um, and uh, one, one person wants the funeral this way, and another person wants the funeral that way. One person wants to be buried uh, here in Lincoln, and the other person wants to be buried in California, you know, where the family originated from. Something, something like that. Uh, and you find yourself right in the middle of these these family brawls and the people are very much alive and they want the pastor to take sides and all of these all of these kind of things pastor what can you say to these very very conflicted situations where people right here and right now are alive and they can't seem to communicate they can't seem to reconcile well uh i would again here promote Christ, uh, who died to forgive all sins and uh, is the one who can overcome all these conflicts and say the thing that we have in common uh, that's most important is our confession in Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, some of these things, if I'm buried in uh, California or North Dakota or uh, North Carolina or Oklahoma or wherever in between, it doesn't matter as long as I have died in the Christian faith. And so um, some of these things are not worth getting in an argument about. And if we if the person had strong enough beliefs that it's turned into a conflict, maybe it's okay for us to honor their wishes, even as we hope to have our own wishes honored a little bit in that way when our turn comes. And maybe that means that uh, husband and wife aren't buried next to each other. Maybe it means that um, one of them has some weird lavish casket and the other one has a hefty bag. You know, if that's what their desire is, it's okay to, uh, to be respectful of those so long as ultimately in all of it we are honoring christ i think i think that's very well said um god loves reconciliation that's why he sent jesus to reconcile the world unto himself through his perfect life obedient death and glorious resurrection and i would just encourage people to strive for reconciliation with one another 
if you're estranged from your family members and uh, you're worried that they're not going to come back for your funeral or uh, uh, cause trouble at your funeral, strive to reconcile now while you're on this side of heaven. If you're having issues uh, with a spouse uh, or with a parent, strive to reconcile now. Uh, don't don't put your pastor or any other family member in the middle. Uh, that's not that's not a good and God pleasing thing. God loves reconciliation, and because of the reconciliation that God has won for us in Christ Jesus, we can talk about planning our funeral and realize that it's not a morbid topic. It is an opportunity, one more opportunity, to make a joyful and God-pleasing confession of what we believe, teach, and confess. There's one big topic pastor that we uh, did not get to today we're saving that we're going to devote the entire program our next episode is going to be on the topic of cremation so if you have questions about that um, this is a very very emotional topic and one that's really kind of come into the fore the last uh, 20 or 25 years in the church thanks for tuning in equipping the saints god's richest blessings in christ You are listening to KNNALP 95.7 FM, Lincoln, Nebraska.